The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. and amigas, welcome to the Paradise Delay podcast and happy 2023. I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, update to the podcast, I'm now using a bit of a pop shield on my mic and I think it sounds better. There's, um, I've got a bandana, so I've got a microphone, a little traveling USB microphone that I take around with me while we're traveling to record the podcast obviously and to stop it getting scratched it's not my idea it's my partner's but uh she wraps it in a bandana and turns out the bandana works quite good as a pop shield i was just going to use an old sock but yeah happy 2023 yeah this podcast i had a bit of time off over the holiday period to not do this podcast, to have a bit of a break, and it was good. Uh, just to take a step back and not be in the routine of it every two weeks, to have a bit of time off. Think about the podcast, think about what direction I want it to go, which honestly, I have no idea, but we'll see. And yeah, it was good. It was good. I feel fresh. Happy to be back. Happy to be back with you guys. What's up, what's up? Yeah, pretty much I started this podcast to talk about my experience learning a new skill. That was my stomach. Whoa. I hope you heard that. Don't know what it's digesting, but uh, quite loud. Quiet down, you. (laughs) Pretty much I, I started this podcast to talk about my experience learning a new skill as an adult and how that weirdly helped me improve my mental health. And I guess this podcast reflects my learning journey in electronic music, where every podcast I try and make and produce an electronic song to have on it. But it's not just that. It's This podcast kind of tracks my mental health over time as well, and it's been somewhat an eye-opening experience for me. Putting my thoughts down on a page and kind of like, when writing the podcast, it's almost like a virtual diary of sorts, where I can get my thoughts down on paper. And I've heard that writing thoughts down on paper is good for you. And I was like, okay, sure, why not? And so I did, did a little bit of Googling. Don't actually use Google anymore, but a bit of Googling. And I found out that Writing really engages the part of your brain that you use to communicate, which is called the prefrontal lobe. Now, the prefrontal lobe is also responsible for judgment and critical thinking. And when we have a feeling that is upsetting us, the thoughts aren't likely happening in the prefrontal lobe. They're happening in the limbic system which is like the primitive part of your brain. Now, the most interesting thing is that they did study on this. When you write, it engages the prefrontal lobe part of your brain. And when you write, it's almost like taking these thoughts from the primitive part of your brain and shipping them off to a more reasonable part of your brain. The part that's responsible for judgment, critical thinking, the prefrontal lobe. It's like shipping them there to a a more reasonable place, you know. It's like going from Hamilton to Nelson, I guess. Like, Hamilton, it's a bit rough, you know. A bit sketchy, you might be a bit scared there. Move to Nelson, it's beautiful, sunny. There's the sea and the river to swim in. 
you know, things just feel a bit better in that part for some reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it changes the part of your brain where you're thinking these thoughts when you're writing. And yeah, it, it's been really healthy for me. I feel like really good um, Yeah, about my life at the moment, I think. Well, at least my mental health has been good. Um, obviously, there's things that come up. But my mental health seems pretty solid at the moment, touch wood. Um, but you know, for this podcast, I don't really talk about mental health for me. I try and talk about my experience in the hope that <clears throat> maybe someone else is in a similar situation. Maybe someone else is having a tough time. And, you know, it's, it's hard to find help sometimes. And a podcast is non-confrontational and information dense platform where to get information from so I feel like it's good um yeah and I, I want to try this year to offer you more tools to describe your own feelings and then I think that really helps put it into words and helps you manage them when you have a name for what you're feeling um so I'm going to try that this year it's on the bucket list yeah, that's so far, my, my podcast has evolved to the point where I touch on aspects of mental health or electronic music, or perhaps something I find interesting that slightly co coincides with either, either of these things. And to be honest, it's whatever subject I'm, I'm feeling at the time. And sometimes I'll throw in an interview to keep things interesting, often interesting people I meet along my journey in life, um, people who I feel like should be heard and have a lot of experience in life and could possibly offer some kind of, I don't know, intrigue, um, people that have a lust for life, uh, who I kind of want to try and put on the podcast, not to, not to make you feel bad about your mental health, but just to have them talk, come on and maybe talk about their mental health and how things are going and um, the tools they use to get out of it as well. Sometimes I just find the people interesting and I'll just let them talk about whatever they want to talk about. But, you know, it's a podcast. It's my podcast. We'll see what happens. Um, another thing I want to do this year, um, New Year's resolution, is I want to try and... Um, Put the podcast out there a bit more. See what happens. Uh, so it's more in the public eye. And to be fair, I'm not really <clears throat> expecting it to blow up or anything. But I feel like the podcast is kind of past its infancy, you know? It's ready to go into the outside world and be scrutinized and be hated on Twitter or something. We'll see. So I want to tell a bit of a story this podcast it's a bit of a yarn, but hopefully it's entertaining, and I hope you enjoy it. It was the night. The night of the 29th of January. The night before the day to be. We zipped our vans along dirt roads to the entrance of the Cobb Valley. The roads became windy as we entered the valley, and the air felt cooler and more earthy smelling. We took a turn left over a bump that leads us down into a little clearing. Rushing water can be heard now through rolled down windows. We wind through the trees and find a spot mid-camp. The sun is setting over the valley and a large shadow begins to creep its way towards us. Which means, obviously, it's time to lather yourself in mosquito repellent. So we got out our camping chairs, beers, and a tiny cold barbecue we brought as we set up camp between our cars. Three Toyota Estimas, a few white vans, and one deep Jeep Wrangler. All to be slept in over the coming six days. We sat in our deck chairs and soaked up the last of the golden light and soon set to bed. We had to be up at first light. A gentle room pierces the stillness of the night. 
Quiet figures were up and moving in the soft morning light. We all jumped to action stations and drove down the gravel road to the entrance of Twisted Frequency. A five-day festival in the midst of the Cobb Valley, close to Takaka in the Golden Bay, at the top of the South Island in Aotearoa, New Zealand. We were in for a large bush duff with three and a half thousand people. It was going to be cool. Twisted Frequency, if you didn't know, I did a podcast on it last year. It's pretty cool. It's good fun. I recommend. Uh, it's a little bit pricey, but worth it if you like dancing and listening to electronic music. After a small sleep in the van, the queue of vehicles started inching along. We neared the front of the queue and were ushered to our parking spot. This would be our spot for the next five days, and I lay at the bottom of a small rolling hill. Now I call it a rolling hill because our van was parked a small way up the hill, perpendicular to the roll of the hill, no, horizontal, perpendicular to the hill, I would say, which meant that it tipped to one side, which means five days of me squished up against a van wall, which would be fun. Cell phones were turned to flight mode because towers don't reach down into the valley. And honestly, one of the underrated parts of Twisted Frequency. Being away from your phone and internet for five days, it's kind of like a detox. And you just tell everyone you're going away for five days with no reception. And no one questions you. And five days without a phone and internet, it's quite good. Excuse me. My bandana fell in my tea. So it was kind of like a detox. I've heard that if you have trouble sleeping, uh, you can do the same thing. Go into the bush for a week and it helps you reset your circadian rhythm. But to be honest, I'm pretty sure that won't be happening at Twisted Frequency. This is a five-day festival of electronic music, all types of music, a lot of talent, a lot of, yeah, a lot of cool stuff going on. I was excited. So we opened up the sliding doors on the van and gazed at the rolling hill ahead of us. The festival is quite quiet at the moment. The music is yet to start, so the only sounds to be heard were the excited rustle of festival goers. Setting up their camps, and birds singing their song, and the rustling of the river. Some soothing white noise. I love white noise. I love being close to river. I was thinking about making an album, just pure white noise. Just to be relaxing. Yeah, we'll see. As the camp got set up, the smell of car exhaust fumes began to dissipate and new smells started to arrive. And weirdly, the smell of hay was the strongest. The site of the festival must have been farmland during most of the year. And they cut the grass before the festival, but it must have been some time ago as the, the grass had now dried and looked like hay, which is how hay is made. The thing is that there must have been a whole lot of thistles outside our van because we soon began to hear the cry of ouch, what the frick from barefooted passerbys. I slept on my new Tevas and then we went and explored the site filling with tents and vans. I'm not sure but I feel like it's a good strategy to try and find friends like this at the start of a festival especially a festival with no cell phone reception. It's hard to find your mates at this festival, to be honest. You can go the whole five days and maybe catch up with your mate once, or maybe you see them from a distance, and so it's important, important to find them pretty early on, if you can, I reckon. So we made our way to the main stage. Twisted Frequency has four stage stages. 
The main stages for the best sound system in the largest dance floor. At the main stage, sorry, is for the best sound system in the largest dance floor. It has steady electronic music being played the whole time. Whereas on the other hand, you have a chill tent where they play more funky electronic music. A bit more music with relaxing atmosphere. Ooh, some good tunes. Yeah, the, to be honest, the chill tent plays music kind of like that. That was pretty accurate. Thank you, passerby. Uh, so in the chill tent, it's a bit more funky, a bit more relaxed. Um, then you have what's kind of like the freaky tent. I can't for the life of me remember what it was called. But this tent has the most ridiculous speaker system set up right on the front of the dance floor so you can go pressure ears to it if you if you feel like it. Uh, but yeah, it has more of an eclectic mix in this tent. This is the third tent. Um, and here during the day there are like seminars from artists who are playing at the festival and other interesting things going on. And yeah, and the, the last tent is the one closest to the river. I'm going to call it the river tent and it's a big stage and here they play a bit of everything. You have jazz to rap to, uh, yeah, just interesting stuff. And it's nice to string up a hammock there or go sit on the grass and just chill there listening. So those are the four stages. The main stage, banging, the chill tent, chilling, eclectic stage, eclectic in, and the river stage, bit of everything, you know. Um bit of a smorgasbord. So anyways, we're heading up to the main stage because the pofity, the opening of the festival, was about to start. The crowd hushed as we entered and sat down and man came forward to begin the pofity. He carried a taiha and performed a traditional Māori dance. We all then sung a song together and he gave a speech welcoming us, welcoming us to the land. It was really nice, it was really special, and yeah, he did it really well, it was well done. Then it was time, the workers and the volunteers and organisers of the festival came forward, gave a speech, and then were given a huge round of applause as well. After this is all that happened, the music started, doom, 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 doom. And you could feel the bass, you could feel the kick drum. It made uh, the hairs on your forearm stand up. And to be honest, that doom, doom, doom. It's kind of like the heartbeat of the festival, I think. And why do I call it a heartbeat? Well, for one thing, it starts when the festival begins. And then stops when the festival ends after five days. And it's steady, repetitive bass notes kind of sound like a heart pumping so I think it makes sense and you can hear it from every corner of the festival you're at you can hear it so heartbeat of the festival and it, I've started to wonder like if people kind of get in sync with that kind of repetitive bass that sounds like a heartbeat like after five days are all our hearts beating in a steady rhythm along with the song or I mean, something a bit less dramatic. Maybe people walking in time to the song, you know, and sing. Maybe st people start walking in time. Maybe everyone strolls out of the festival in a march. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, enough. I don't know. Maybe maybe if they are connected to it, maybe it's like a collected consci consciousness of the festival. And it's kind of like the brain of the festival. I don't know, that's, that's a bit mumbo-jumbo. Enough hippie talk. So the festival has officially begun. You have the doom, doom, doom going the whole time. And a big cloud of dust soon begins to form at the front of the dance floor. Man, it must have been dry here for the past few weeks, uh, especially with the hay and the dust. We danced for a couple of hours until we're covered in dust. Uh, my nostrils are absolutely loaded with it. Got a couple of good boogers, though. Then went to go get some dinner at the campsite. We left the main site. It was nice to dance, get into it, and then... Yeah, we went and chilled at the campsite for a bit. And 
It was then that my good friend Alvaro Moreno was playing a set in the chill tent. So we got up, got ready for that, and went to go watch him. Now Alvaro Moreno is a musician, DJ producer from Spain, but he's based in Fakatu Nelson. So he's cool. He plays, oh, what's that bar opposite Cafe 35? Is it Cafe 35? There's a bar in Nelson opposite the place where they do Opic Might Nights. And he plays there sometimes. So definitely check it out if you see his name around. It's a good DJ. Uh, his background is in roots, jazz, and funk sounds, playing bass and learning the intricacies of modern music. He's also trained as a music teacher and registered as a music therapist. Alvaro is devoted to create unique musical experiences. He truly believes in the power of music to create a better world. That's cool. Alvaro discovered electronic music in Barcelona in 2017 after attending many events and festivals. He finally decided to start digging into techno production and curation on his arrival to New Zealand in 2019. He's deep in love with the sounds from Detroit, Berlin and Rome and strives for groovy driven sets full of hypnotic melodies to deliver an uplifting experience. He's currently fully immersed in electronic music production, DJing while playing live with many other projects. He combines this with a teacher job at Nelson Center of Musical Arts. The music lesson will be soon moved to the dance floor. For us, on our way to the tent, soft drops of rain began to fall, so we walked a bit faster as the dust turned to mud beneath our feet. By the time we got there, the tent was full to bursting as we are huddling together out of the rain. It was the perfect weather for a DJ set. And frick yeah, Alvaro absolutely smashed it. And we had a great time dancing. So why not play some of his, his music now? This is Alvaro Moreno. I'm going to put his link in the podcast description. Go check him out. He's Nelson born and bred. Absolute legend. And plays a mean set.
back on the Paradise Delay podcast, hosted on Fresh FM, the best radio station, probably in New Zealand, I don't know, but it's a cool radio station, if you're thinking about making a podcast, would like to make a radio show, give Fresh FM a Google, and they'll be sure to help you out, making a podcast is easy, come on, you can do it. So, Alvaro Moreno, that was one of his sets, a small excerpt from it. He's so cool. He's a man. Um, Go check him out if he's playing in Nelson. Again, his link is in the description. And yeah, we had a great time dancing there. And we danced a bit more, and then went and chilled in the van. And at that time, mud was caked everywhere, but at least the rain had stopped. And I think the rain must have done something. I think it clears the dust particles out of the air. And when it hasn't rained in a long time, it clears a lot of dust out of the air. And then when it's nighttime, if the clouds are gone, you get this perfectly clear sky. And man, can I tell you, the stars were out in form then. It's beautiful. And so we're walking back to the van under the stars and we knew we were getting close to the van when we could hear people yelling about the bloody thistles. <laughs> um, we should have warned someone, we should put a sign up on the van or something, but we didn't think that far ahead. And because the van was situated at the bottom of a small grassy hill, some, well the hill was blocking some of the sound. The hill was shielding um, the van from the middle and high ends of the sound. And so the only bits that were really getting through to the van were the bassy bits. But the airy thing was, is because we're in a valley, uh, our van was surrounded by walls, by forest walls. And what was happening is the high ends from the main stage were bouncing off the forest around us and coming back to us. And it was really eerie. It was, it was bizarre. It was a weird sound. So you had the bass coming through. And especially when there was a song with a lot of vocals on it, it almost sounded like the valley was singing in a really spooky, distorted kind of way. It was kind of cool, though. kind of liked it. And yeah. That was the sound we went to sleep to. So that's one thing about Twisted. If you stay at the main stage, there is a quiet stage down the road. The quiet camp. But if you stay at the main stage, it's music. And it's music 24 hours a day. And it's bass, drum, 24 hours a day. Uh, You get used to it though. I don't really mind it too much. 
And yeah, so the first light breaks on the Cobb Valley of a new day. The hills are still singing, and then today is the 31st of December, New Year's Day, baby. The cooking stove was lit, the coffee made, chucked back, and we went off to the river. Now, Twisted Frequency va- Twisted frequency is situated on the Cobb Valley River, which flows down from the Kahurangi National Park. So this means that the water is crystal clear, but also freaking freezing. And it's quite interesting, because if you sit there for a while, you can see large trout, sometimes even eels in the water, which is cool. So it's cold, but... The thing that you really want after your coffee in the morning and you're covered in dust is cold water because it just wakes you up, you feel fresh and you feel ready for the day. And so we found a nice rock in the shade next to the river and we sit down our towels and chilled there just heating up, heating up in the sun and the shade until it was time to jump in. Now there's a small rock beside the deepest part of the river. So I jumped off that and dove down deep into the water from this rock. And man, was it cold. I mean, you know it's cold when your body tenses up and your lungs are screaming for air. Well, it wasn't that bad, but it was, it was very cold. And what I did underwater is I opened my eyes and you instantly get this rush of cold in your eyes. But after that, it's kind of alright. And so I could see underwater, I was resisting the urge to surface, tried to calm my body down and have a look around. Now, my eyes felt cold, but I could see clearly through the water for a long way. And the dappled light was filtering down through the water, it just made everything shine. You know those like diagonal rays you see when sun hits the water? That's what it was like. It was beautiful. And yeah, I surfaced, sucked in a big lung full of air, gave myself a quick scrub, and then climbed out of the river to dry off. Feeling fresh, feeling energized, I was ready to take on New Year's Day. I sat down with the sun warming my body, a warm breeze was blowing through the valley, and yeah, started to read my book. Nothing too exciting. Um, but yeah, the book's about Jewish space travel, which is an interesting one. It's called The Sparrow, if you want to check it out. But I never really thought about it, but I guess I was having a bit of a Jewish week. I had bought a pair of Tevas, which uh, I think Israeli brand, on the way to the festival. And now I was reading a book about Jewish space travel, which was interesting. Um... Of course, I've got nothing against Jews. It's just an interesting observation. Not that I fully agree with what's going on with Israel. I think it's like modern colonization. Um, free Palestine, for sure. Um, but I'm not going to go full yay on you. Don't worry. And yeah, having a bit of a Jewish week, reading my book, wearing my tevas, was then that a dark shape appeared in the river. People were st- standing around, pointing at it. And I was like, ooh, wonder what it is. So I went and checked it out, and it was an eel. Whoa. Not only that, it was a black eel, and it was the size of my leg. My God, it was big. And yeah, it was cool to see. I was just chilling there. I mean, everyone was swimming around. I didn't seem really bothered, to be honest. Um, but the interesting thing was, at the opening of the ceremony, we were asked not to use soap in the river when we were swimming, because the eels don't like it. Um, and this eel seemed pretty happy, so I guess no one is using soap, which was cool. Um, yeah, so nice little eel, big eel. It was crazy. I don't know if you guys remember that show, The Deadliest Catch, that was on Discovery, maybe like 10 years ago. That show was my jam. And I remember they came to New Zealand one time, to the Waikato, where I'm from. And there was like these old stories of them, um, huge eels taking down sheep or maybe children. And looking at this eel, this big fella, I think it could 
probably take down a baby sheep. Not a full, maybe not a full-grown one, but it was pretty intimidating. And yeah, maybe the eel was too chill, because we gave up waiting for it to latch onto someone's leg and went back to camp. <clears throat> On our way back, we pass a chill tent again, where a yoga class was starting. So, you know, we rolled out our towels on the glass, on the grass, and started yoga. <clears throat> and it felt good. It felt good to stretch a body out after some heavy dancing the previous night. I'm getting old. You know, my body's a bit sore after shaking it around for a few hours. So it's good to do some yoga. Stretch out the spine. Work on your breathing. Yeah, it was cool. <clears throat> After yoga, we wandered off to go check out the river stage. We took a seat on the grass and watched a freestyle rap competition about to start. The host was up there spitting bars and was challenging the crowd to come up and take him on. And I was like, no way, I can't even spit on a podcast. I can't, I can't spit on a stage. But much to my surprise, a huge amount of people went up there and spat bars and freaking killed it. So many talented people out there. And it's, I don't know, it's just cool that Twisted Frequency because you see an artist absolutely killing it up on stage or doing a show or doing a yoga class. And then the next day you see them just chilling out, enjoying the music or absolutely cranking it on the dance floor. The artists stick around and enjoy the festival too, which is nice. And yeah, so we chilled out watching the rapping for a bit and then went back to the chill before New Year's night. Because, you know, the anticipation of New Year's night, oh, there's so much pressure on it. It's annoying, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> we chilled there for a bit, we chilled at camp, and then we went to the main stage just as the sun was beginning to disappear behind the Cobb Valley Ridge, where you get this, like, peculiar light in the Cobb Valley. Because the sun sets behind the ridge, but the sky is still light. So it's not sunny, um, but you look up at the sky and it's still quite blue. And, yeah, it's cool. But the main stage, the main stage dance floor was already packed with dancers. And, to be honest, the annoying thing about learning a little bit of sound design in that is you quickly find out that the music doesn't sound that great if you're on either side of the stage, so... We went searching for a spot uh, in the middle, somewhere near the middle preferably, probably where all the other musicians are, to be honest. And, yeah, we tried to make our way there. I think I talked about this last time in the podcast, but if you try and walk your way through a bunch of dances, you end up bumping into everyone and having a bit of a rough time, you know. Like, it's not easy, it's not fluid. And the easiest way to do it it's to dance while you're moving. So you just get a little bit of a jig on and you just shuffle from here to here. And for some reason, a path just opens up. I don't know why that is. So we danced our way to the somewhere near the middle where the music sounded all right. And soon the sky became dark. The green hills behind the stage soon disappeared into the night sky where they were soon outlined by stars. Midnight was drawing near the dance floor was packed. I felt like a sardine in a can. No more room for flamboyant dancing. Only a mild shuffle could be managed as people crowded together for New Year's. Yeah, we were being squeezed like juice, like, a, like an orange into juice. Until the countdown started. And as the countdown started, the squeeze just continued. I quite like it, to be honest. It's quite a nice feeling. Um, it wasn't, like, scary or anything. It was quite fun. But you just couldn't dance. And, yeah, we've been packed in, like, sardines in a can. And the countdown towards New Year's started. And the squeeze started. And it was fun, you know. Then when the squeeze started, it's kind of like, yeah, let's go. And at the count of one, the music shut off and fireworks lit up in the sky above. I heard a loud pop, and suddenly, for some reason, 
I felt like rain was starting to fall. These small droplets were falling on me. And it dripped in my face and some ran into my mouth. And I was like, that ain't rain. There's no way that's rain. Because it tasted like alcohol. One quick glance behind me showed me that the man that had opened the festival with a tie high and done the pofiti, he was standing there with two open champagne bottles, just absolutely blasting them. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, yeah, it was a pretty class way to come into the new year. I was happy with that. And so we spent some more time dancing and then retired to Wee Wei outside the main stage dance floor where a group of people were sitting around in a large circle. And inside the festival, people were fire spinning, which I'd never really seen much of before. It's, it's pretty cool, to be honest. We got cozy, we sat down, we just chilled out after dancing. And man, these people were really talented. It was really impressive. I found the main thing is that like, each person that was doing the fire spinning had their own style. It was kind of like an expression of themselves, which was beautiful, really. Not only that, but like people had different ways of fire spinning. Like one man had a freaking fire sword that he had lit on fire. Another had a big ball they're just tossing around on a chain. Then you had poi, and one woman had handheld fire things that she was working away in a nice pattern. It was just cool. Um, and I, I guess the lure of it is a bit dangerous as well. I mean, you got a big ball of fire there. you got to be careful. Um, maybe it's something to do with mindfulness. You know, a little bit of danger brings you into the moment. Yeah, yeah, it was just a nice night. And so we went to bed after that. We're getting old, you know. We can't stay up to six in the morning, although some of us did. Um... But yeah, altogether twisted, it was an amazing experience looking back on it, like writing about it, it's just such a special place. Um, and I do that not to, to brag about uh, my New Year's, um, because in all honesty, uh, we felt a little bit disappointed in ourselves, um, me and my partner, because we had such high expectations for what was going on, and for some reason it didn't really meet them. We had a really great time. But there wasn't the crazy uh, things that really happened like the year before. And maybe, who knows what happened, maybe we we're just getting old. Um, but there was that huge expectation and we still had a great time like writing back about it. But yeah, we, we just had way too high expectations on it, I think. And that... That's a normal thing with New Year's. It's, there's so much pressure to have a great time that often in my life it has been left wanting. Um, which is a shame. I feel like that's not how it should be in the New Year. You should... You don't have to come in with a bang. You can ease into the New Year. That's, that's more my style, I think. But regardless, looking back on Twisted, it, it was pretty brilliant. Um, and the crazy thing about it is that it's just run so well from the top down. I mean, people are given so much freedom and it's kind of like because they're given freedom, they live up to that. And everyone there is just so friendly and open and it's, it's, it's really special. I recommend going and checking it out once in your life. I mean... It's just so well run, um, everything they do seems to be for good reason, um, yeah, they absolutely smash it, kudos to everyone that was involved in Twisted this year, like, you did a great job. And the interesting thing about Twisted that I began to think about is that there's a lot of people drinking, but drink isn't really the main, um, consumption thing of choice there. And what I was thinking about is Twisted is kind of basically a safe space to take mind-altering substances. And it's almost like it was made for it, where a bar is catered towards people that are drinking. This festival caters to everything else, really. Um, 
And to top it all off, like, Twisted Frequency has a team of trained safe drug use volunteers that come around and they will test your drugs for free. And my respect goes out to those guys so much that how they decide to spend their New Year's helping people and making sure people aren't taking drugs that are unsafe. It's just so cool. And they also... I mean, it's all in the vein of harm reduction, where it's acknowledged at the festival that people will take drugs whether you make them illegal or ban them. So why not just focus on trying to make those drugs as safe as possible for the people coming to the festival? Um, the volunteers, not only did they test drugs, but they also they had a tent for a space, safe space for, for people who are not reacting too well to the drugs that they were taking or just not having a good time it's freaking cool and shout out to them because one of our friends uh had a bad time she someone took some uh, what would i call it smiley juice um three letters and it's really strong so they put uh, quite a few drops on her tongue and she just hadn't had that experience with that mind-altering substance before and she had a bad time and had to go to the tent where they looked after her. But it's just such a good thing to have at a festival, you know, to look after the festival goes. Freaking cool. Um, not only is it a safe space to take mind-altering substances, but it's also a safe space to, you know, be yourself. Uh, you can dance like an idiot, be out of your mind on mind-altering substances. I mean, there is no judgment. People don't care. And it's legitimately because people are probably doing the same themselves, dancing like idiots and taking mind-altering substances. But yeah, it, it really feels like a safe space to be your own authentic self. So kudos Twisted Frequency for setting up that space. It's so cool. And yeah, we had a great time. It wasn't as expected, but we spent another three days at Twisted Frequency just chilling and dancing and having fun. Um, yeah, it's cool. Anyways, I, I got a track done um, in the time away from the festival. If you don't know, um, I'm trying to learn to make electronic music, obviously, and produce a song of every podcast. And uh, this song I've made on my laptop, I have to take my laptop in and charge it when we stop off at a cafe or something. Same for my podcast, uh, it's quite fun when you're traveling around trying to keep enough battery on your laptop to get through everything you need to do. And also, you know, keep it on flight mode, how you can minimize the battery uh, leaking away. Um, so it's a little bit rushed, the song, but I hope you enjoy it. What I'm working on at the moment is compression, trying to get the levels of a sound to sound right and get them loud and get them thumping. But to be honest, I don't really have any idea what I'm doing. But it doesn't matter, because I'm having fun. This is a song called Boku to end out the podcast. And it's been really nice reliving the festival. I forgot a lot of moments, it was nice thinking about them again. And yeah, as usual on the podcast, be kind to one another. Most importantly, be kind to yourself. Rub a dog, pet a monkey, do what you gotta do. And I hope you had a brilliant New Year's festival, or just a brilliant New Year's. If it didn't live up to expectation, don't worry. The majority of people were probably feeling that way. Um, so just take it easy on yourself and enjoy the New Year. Happy 2023. Again, this is a Paradise Delay podcast signing out. See you in two weeks. Peace in the Middle East.
The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM, the Top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details.